gaze at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. The San Francisco 49ers absolutely slammed the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. What a performance. The 49ers were on point. Once they got through their first two drives on offense, it was just domination on the offensive side of the football. The defense showed up as well. What a great game. And this has been billed since last year, the NFC Championship game. The Philadelphia Eagle fans have been saying, hey, the 49ers were whiners coming back it up. That's what exactly what the 49ers did in this game. They came and they backed up all of their talk. They said, hey, if we'd had our guy, we would have got you. And I think the 49ers showed today that Brock Purdy is a big piece of the puzzle. And maybe he needs to start getting some real consideration for MVP because he's playing at some of the top level quarterback play in the entire league. But when you have playmakers like the San Francisco 49ers do, and you have weapons that if you get the ball in their hands, they can make things happen for you, it's a tough act to handle. And the San Francisco 49ers were on display. Debo Samuel was phenomenal in this game. Brandon Ayuk being able to run the routes that he ran and create separation. Christian McCaffrey in the run game, in the passing game. George Kittle with some big key catches. And then, of course, Jawan Jennings with some big plays as well. It was an all-hands-on-deck game, and the 49ers definitely served it up. It was fantastic, a lot of fun. I hope you guys all enjoyed it as well. And what's up to everyone in chat? I hope everyone's having a good day. Uh, this was a fun one to watch, and if you were watching this one live, I know you were just excited the entire time. Maybe the first quarter was probably not the best enjoyment for San Francisco 49er fans, uh, but other than that, it was great. And what's up, Josh? How's it going? How's it going, Freddie Mac Dre? Uh, welcome back. And of course, Freddie wants to talk about uh, the 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 guy on the sideline, Dom, putting his hands on Dre Greenlaw. And yeah, we'll definitely uh, get into that. Uh, what's up to Cyrus? How's it going? Always love when Cyrus comes through, through. Says, "Let's go, TCC fam." Welcome, Shooter. What's up, Shooter? Says that Madden simulation was on point. It was right. Philly got the early lead, and then the 49ers just absolutely rolled after that. I always love when the Madden Sims come through. Of course, the Madden Sim had Brock Purdy going for five touchdowns. He only went for four. Come on, Madden Sim. Get it together, right? But it was spectacular for sure. Uh, lots of hashtags. Josh says CMC is our first 1K rusher in years. Was awesome to see and long overdue. Yeah, he goes over 1K. It's the first one since 2014 when Frank uh, Gore did it. Uh, so it was absolutely fantastic that he hit that mark. I kept watching. I knew he only needed 71 yards against Philadelphia. He went well over 71 yards. Once again, Christian McCaffrey continues to cement himself as the best running back in football. And that trade that John Lynch made with the Carolina Panthers uh, looks like an absolute steal, right? People that question that trade, there's no one that could possibly say that did not go majorly in the favor of the San Francisco 49ers. All around was great. And I love this from traffic. Debo. Oh, uh, yeah, he said, let's go, TCC. David V in the house, hashtag TCC. Welcome, everybody here. And uh, Palms Mahoney says, hard to have a bad day after that beating. It is. 
It's really hard to have a bad day after the 49ers go in and handle Philadelphia in Philly. The crowd was there, right? The elements were on display. It wasn't really raining, but there looked like there was a little bit of a mist or a light rain going on. And really, it had all the feel of a playoff game, heavyweight fight, San Francisco versus Philadelphia. And the 49ers came in there, and they took a couple of shots early. Philadelphia was executing at a high level, but when it came down to it, they could not put the ball in the end zone early in the game. And that gave the San Francisco 49ers an opportunity to go ahead and take the lead with one touchdown. That's all they needed. One drive because you had the two field goals. The defense stood up when they needed to. Fantastic. And what's up, Lou? He says, hi, and it's all about how you finish San Francisco. So satisfying. And that's the truth. And right. All the billing, all the conversation had been Philadelphia five and oh, when they come out of halftime trailing, well, not anymore. Now they're five and one. And that's because the 49ers doubled up on them. They went down and they scored the touchdown on the McCaffrey uh, run to the left side. And then they came right back out when they got the kickoff and they went down and they scored again. When you do that and Kyle Shanahan has talked about this. That's when you give yourself an opportunity. Now, all the stuff happened, and that's what Freddie Mac Dre was talking about earlier. All the stuff happens on the sideline, Devontae Smith, Dre Greenlaw, Dom, uh, the whole thing, and Dre gets kicked out of the game. They go and they score, and all the momentum is in Philadelphia Eagles' uh, you know, sideline. All their, all their fans are going crazy, and what happens? The 49ers get the ball back, and they go right down the field, and they score. Big, explosive touchdown. That's exactly how you answer the bell that's how you quiet a crowd. That's how you resume control of a game. And the 49ers were doing that in a big way today. There's ice in the 49ers' veins. I mean, Brock Purdy has had ice water in his veins for a long time, but the other players as well, they did not back down from the fight. Every time Philly came to push and try to bully, the 49ers bullied them right back. And when it came down to the numbers, the 49ers were the actual bully on the field. They were ramming the ball down Philadelphia's throat in the run game 144 yards on the ground. Philadelphia could not get the run game going. Their leading rusher in the game was Jalen Hurts. It just, when it came down to it, that's how you have to go play NFC East style of football. The 49ers proved they are a team that can travel. The reason that they're dangerous, especially when you get to the playoffs, they can beat you in your own house because when you have a run game that can run the football consistently and you have a defense that can get off the field and force you to kick field goals, that's when it's really impressive. There was no turnovers in this game. This was just clean game. 49ers get the big win. So really huge. The whole Dom thing, by the way, uh, it's just ridiculous. Come on, NFL. You're watching this in slow motion. Every single person saw that. The, he was pointing to somebody else, and he grazed the cheek of Dom. Why is a security guy in the middle of that anyways? Okay, the whole thing was, throw, was blown out of proportion. Dom shouldn't have been kicked out. Dre Greenlaw shouldn't have been kicked out. I... Other than the 15-yard penalty, there was not enough there. In fact, if you watch it back, when Dre Greenlaw realized he touched Dom's face, he walks back to the side, taps him on the uh, side as to say, like, my bad. Like, things like that happen when you're in scrums. This is a battle. What the heck? NFL, get it together. You have the ability to super slow motion this thing. His finger's out. He's pointing at somebody even behind. Just ridiculous. I wish that they would... Uh, they would have not made that call, but you know what? No excuses. 49ers, we're short a linebacker. That's fine. We're going to go in there and still get it done. So uh, bravo to the 49ers for getting it done on the field. Oren Burke stepping up. At one point, that, that drive, Oren Burks and Flanagan fouls because Fred Warner loses the shoe. Uh, you can't write this stuff. Shooter says Debo was talking big and definitely backed it up. He definitely was. 
And Tio Roberto says, we lived in their head rent-free. I think now there's definitely a conversation, right? 1994, the San Francisco 49ers played the Dallas Cowboys. The 49ers had suffered NFC uh, championship game defeats in 92 and 93 to the Cowboys. I will say this a lot, is they won that game in the regular season against the Cowboys, and Steve Young, Jerry Rice, and the rest of those guys had complete confidence they could do it again in the NFC championship game. I think that sort of thing happens here. Now the 49ers are like, you know what? We knew we could have beat them then, and we know we can beat them now. So I I like that a lot for the 49ers. I like that they were able to go in there and get this big win. Traffic says, before this game, I was nervous of the fact that if we go into Philly and we don't beat them, would we be able to do it twice if need be? After that game, there's little doubt left. I think that's a good point, Traffic is now there's the belief we can go into Philly and we can beat them. So whether the 49ers end up with the number one seed, which is the goal, or they don't, and they have to go to Philly, they've proven now they can go into Philly and beat the Eagles. They can beat the Eagles at their own game. They play a tougher physical game, and that's how you have to go do it. So pretty good stuff. Jay Ellie says hunting continues next week. Second course of Seahawks. Let's go crew. It's bird season. You had to beat the Seahawks on Thanksgiving, done. You have to beat the Eagles in Philadelphia, done. That's two road games, by the way. Now it's the Seahawks at home. You got that. Then you got Arizona on the road, and then you got Baltimore at home. That's the whole the whole bird hunting season. It's here, and the 49ers are 2-0 right now in that season. If they beat the Seahawks uh, next week, they all but close up the NFC West. But it's important for the 49ers to make sure they sweep the NFC West because when it comes to tiebreakers, potentially tying with Detroit or Philadelphia, uh, now they got the head-to-head win on Philly. But Detroit, you have a better division record, and you get that spot. Detroit has lost a division game. So uh, that is going to be big as well. Ziggy says, bang, bang, baby. Welcome, Ziggy. Always good to have you here. Hugo G says, TCC, hashtag TC, uh, let's F and go. Big ups to the secondary. No PIs. D-line was hunting. Was that Kalia Davis? And that has to be brought up. Right, Armstead is dealing with a little bit of a foot. Bosa's dealing with a toe. Yes, Kalia Davis gets his first action of the season, and he's playing significant snaps against the Philadelphia Eagles. And he ends up, he's chasing Hurts a couple of times, doesn't get there, but he gets a sack. I mean, the continued hustle down the field from Kalia Davis is exciting. His get-off and his work against uh, you know, the players that he was going against was really good. To me, I thought that Kalia Davis looked pretty good in his first action. And how about this? According to the stats, Javon Kinlaw with two sacks and Kalia Davis with one. If you would have told me that was the interior defensive line that was going to get the sacks or that was the guys who were going to get the sacks overall, I don't know if I would have believed you, but they showed up and they made a big-time play. So, yeah, that was Kalia Davis. It's good to see him, right? I mean, that's the thing. It's optimism for the future, too, but a rotation the 49ers feel comfortable with. Okay, Armstead, you're only going to play third downs. That's what you're going to do. You're going to come in. You're going to pass rush on third downs. That's where we need you. We're going to go with Kevin Givens, Javon Kinlaw, Javon Hargrave, and Kalia Davis. How about that? Absolutely fantastic. And, yeah, big ups to the secondary because the San Francisco 49ers secondary, Charverius Ward, Diamond and Ambry Thomas, there were, of course, plays where A.J. Brown got off, Devontae Smith. And if you look at the stats, it ain't going to look pretty. Those two guys nearly had 200 yards or around 200 yards receiving. But when it mattered most, they made plays. A.J. Brown showed frustration with Tarverius Ward on that tush-push touchdown because he got after Tarverius Ward because Ward was not allowing him to get in the end zone. 
though he had some plays in man coverage on slant passes with some extra yards after the catch. And let's be honest, we all think A.J. Brown's a very good football player, but he was getting, Traverse Ward was getting under his skin a little bit, and I like that. But way to compete on the outside. That's what it's about. You're not going to win all your battles one-on-one against those wide receivers, but you got to compete, play in and play out, make it tough for them, get gritty. Uh, and I think the 49ers did that in a big way. So I was excited about you know what happened there. And JLE says, hey, he shouldn't be touching any player from the op- opposite team. I'm with you. Uh, don't even go there. And <laughs> Ziggy says, bro, that, that pissed me off. That Dom guy even pushed Greenlaw. Yeah, you can't have any of that action. Uh, I look for the NFL to address it. I'm sure there'll be some sort of a memo uh, talking about that for sure. And uh, Josh says, hey, secondary was lights out. And they were. And if you look at the stats, which, you know, I'll go over real quick. Uh, If you look at their stats, their stats were good, right? Receiver, A.J. Brown, eight catches, 114 yards. Of course, some of those are in kind of mop-up time. Devontae Smith, nine catches, 96 yards. Gainwell had five catches for 42. They had 314 yards through the air. But when you look over at the 49ers, the 49ers also had 314 yards through the air. Debo had 116 yards and two touchdowns on four catches. Kittle had four catches for 68 yards. We knew Kittle was going to have a big game. Brandon Ayuk, five catches for 46 and some key catches. And then Jawan Jennings, three for 44. You ignore Jawan, you're focused on everyone else, and he has a big-time a game and a big-time touchdown, just throwing someone out of the way, getting to the end zone. That was exciting to see. So, yeah, they did have some yards, but I thought that the secondary battled the entire game, and I thought they did a really, really good job. And, you know, I think that's exactly what you're looking for from your defense, just to compete, play in, and play out, make it difficult on your opposing team. Lou says, I didn't agree with the Greenlaw episode, but he must control his emotions. With all things, you have to learn to control your emotions. I didn't think it was that bad from Greenlaw. I mean, I think he just thought he was pointing. He didn't think he was getting physical, but he made contact. And, of course, that gives them an option. So this is a big lesson, and this is something that you know all coaches talk about with their players. With the NFL, it's a little bit different because these are grown men who make their own decisions with college, high school, and beyond. You can kind of tell those guys, hey, get, get your butts back. Do not engage in anything like that. Uh, you just don't want those kind of a penalties. You know, I used to teach my kids to put their hands up and just walk away. That's all you can do. Uh, Because especially when you're dealing with the younger kids, you get into high school age, there's a lot of emotion and guys who don't know how to handle it. But you're right. you got to make sure you handle your emotions. This has been one thing that Dre Greenlaw has struggled with a bit. I thought this one was over the top. They shouldn't have kicked him out of the game. 15-yard penalty, that's fine. Even then, it's close. Uh, But I just didn't think he should have been kicked out of the game. That's for sure. Uh, David Campbell says, can the 49ers please kick off out of the end zone? Everything bad starts with short kicks. Total fail. You're right. For the most part, they struggle when they don't kick it out of the end zone. We have the Demetrius Flanagan fouls penalty for face mask. That gave Philadelphia a really good field position when they tacked that on. Um, So I don't know if the risk is worth the reward, but I mean, David knows he's been here for a long time. I've been preaching, make them start at the 25 for years. And I think the 49ers need to do that. Uh, They don't employ that philosophy enough, and I think it's something they definitely need to keep working on because, uh, to me, it's just just something that you can't allow to happen. Don't give away free yards, right? There's no reason for free yards at all uh, to happen. Uh, The holiday season is off and rolling with the NFL in full stride. 
and NBA and NHL hitting midseason form. Bet online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. With up to minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, Bet online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just the big four. Bet online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played. From MMA to international soccer, head to Bet Online today. And remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And I like this right here. JL, he's talking about Kalia Davis showing up. Oh, uh, that's exactly what you're hoping when you draft these guys. In, I mean, Kalia Davis was a sixth round compensatory pick. You draft him and you're trying to develop him. And Chris Kasarek, you know, and Daryl Tapp have been working on these guys. And now you see the fruits of their labor. And they still have high hopes for Kalia Davis becoming a rotational piece within their defensive line. They have a, kind of equated him to being a similar uh, player to DJ Jones. And DJ Jones developed very nicely. Can Kalia Davis do that? We'll see. He's a tremendous athlete who's switched positions coming from college to the pros, played a little bit of D-line in college, but if he could step up, that would be really, really good. Uh, David Campbell says, Kinlaw and Davis with sacks? Wow, that's bold. Really bold. Whoa, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know. I Even I didn't think to go that bold, David, uh, but it was nice for sure to see that. Uh, Shooter says, I will say this. I did like how the refs let these two teams be physical. I thought for the most part, I had zero problems with the referees, right? You expect plays to go one way or the other, right? Some that you're like questioning one way or the other. I don't care. I, I like when you get a steady tone where, yeah, if you're going to let them play, let them play for 60 minutes. Or if, hey, if you're going to be calling everything really tight, call it tight for 60 minutes. Whatever it is, just be consistent. Uh, players and coaches respect that. So I thought they did a really good job, and I thought overall penalties went the, you know one way or the other the way they're supposed to. I didn't think there was anything egregious. Uh, so yeah, I, I thought you know as far as refs go, I don't think they were really a factor, which I always like to see. I like it decided on the field, and I thought it was in this matchup. Uh, Gold Rush six one nine says I am satisfied. The world sees the truth now. The league is on notice. I like that. Uh, Gold Rush 619. Welcome to chat. I'm glad you came through with that because that's the truth. It put everyone on notice. The 49ers are the best team in the NFL. If you don't have the 49ers at the top of your power rankings now, you're foolish. You don't understand football. I mean, they are just top to bottom the best team. They have the number one offense. They have the number one defense. The fact you go out and you score six straight touchdowns on this Philadelphia Eagles defense, that's pretty darn impressive. The fact that you are holding a really good running uh, team in Philadelphia, you know, a team that scores 28 points per game to 19 and, and under 50 yards rushing, just spectacular performance. The 49ers are setting the bar for NFL this season. Yeah, they had a tough stretch. They had some losses, but they've come out and they've responded to it. And I like this. Michael Humphrey says, major shout out to Steve Wilkes. Yeah, Steve Wilkes had a very interesting game plan early. I can't wait to get to the All-22 because i seen Isaiah Oliver. They're rolling with a three-safety look, and you using Isaiah Oliver kind of in that category as a safety. So I'm kind of curious what they did with that. Uh, but I thought Wilkes was great. He dialed it up when he was supposed to. He really did a good job of making sure uh, that he forced Philadelphia to play his game. He made Jalen Hurts sit in the pocket for the most part and throw the ball. That's exactly what you're trying to do. David says, Debo in the open field is the scariest sight in the NFL. 
If they didn't know before, they learned today. Debo Samuel is an absolute monster, a yak monster. He gets the ball in the open field. You might have one shot. After that, he's gone. And Debo is an absolute game changer. That's one of the things I've been saying, and I've been preaching for a while. Debo is the guy on your team that can take it to the house at any moment. He can turn a negative play into a 60-yard touchdown. He can turn a five-yard pass into a 70-yard touchdown. Debo Samuel is an absolute game changer. And that's exactly what the 49ers were missing when they had their losing streak. I love Christian McCaffrey, spectacular player. Absolutely fantastic. Maybe the best non-quarterback in the entire league as far as best player on offense. He's tremendous. Brandon Ayuk is legitimizing himself as a number one wide receiver. George Kittle is the best all-around tight end in the league. No questions. But Debo Samuel is the game changer for the 49ers. Whether he gets the ball out of the backfield or he catches the football and takes it to the house, nobody does it like Debo. And yeah, it's huge for the 49ers. That explosive nature makes you just go ahead and have to focus on Debo with the motions and the shifts. Now you have to focus if they're doing a little play action and fake it to him in the screen. This did not help defenses. Now they're even more worried after seeing what Debo did to Philadelphia. Jay Ellie says, Ant, were you questioning a possible comeback when Hertz went out? That uh, blank offense moved down the field. Marcus does have great numbers against us. Nah. No, I didn't think they were going to come back. I'll be honest. Uh, once the 49ers got it to 35, I did not think that the Eagles were going to come back. I thought their best opportunity was the drive they scored where Drake Greenlaw got kicked out of the game and they got that touchdown. But the fact that the 49ers went right down the field, boom, 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 touchdown, I thought that that right there sealed the deal for the 49ers. And I thought that after that, I just settled back, felt comfortable. I knew that even if the Eagles scored again, the 49ers four-minute offense would wear the clock down and they would continue to make the plays that they needed to make. So it didn't shock me. I will be I will be honest. I did not expect the 49ers to score this many points. I didn't expect them to score 42 points in this football game. I thought, you know, just in the 30s, I picked them to get 31. Uh, so they even eclipsed my expectations for what they were going to do. And why not? You score when you get, you know, pumped up about going against the defense. You score pl plus 40 against uh, the Dallas Cowboys and plus 40 against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, absolutely love what they're doing on the offensive side of the ball. Tommy, what's up, Tommy? He says, victory Monday, baby. Looking forward to work tomorrow. That's exactly right. We all get to get excited about victory Monday. We get to walk around. We get to pump our chests up and say, you know what? Our team is the best team in the NFL. And live it up. Enjoy it. Because guess what? You can be humbled the next week. Now, I don't expect that. I think the Warriors are ready and, and able to handle Seattle Seahawks. But right now, why not? You won a big football game. You deserve to be excited. Enjoy that Monday football. Hugo says, TCC, any word on why Oliver had the first drive snaps at safety? I think they were going three safeties in that look. I, I thought I saw Tashawn Gibson in the box. I think the 49ers, instead of going to their base 4-3 look, uh, had Oren Burks off the field, Gibson in the box, and Oliver and uh, Jair Brown playing uh, over the top or you know in the box, depending on what the look was. But I thought they went to a three-safety look early. A lot of times you do that because you want to help against Jalen Hurts, a speedier uh, ball uh, ball player out there in the box where he can make plays. And then also to take away some of the RPOs and those sort of things. I think that's what they went to early. Eventually they did go back to Oren Burks, but that was the initial shift. I'll have to go back and make sure, but I thought I seen all three guys out there together. 
Uh, Palm says also Brown is playing really well. I like Ufonga, but I feel like he bites really hard on the running game and is prone to give up bigger plays. I think Jair Brown is playing good right now. Um, and this was going to be the real test because I thought, you know, him coming in against Tampa Bay, maybe there wasn't enough opportunity to scheme to take advantage of him. And then it was a short week against Seattle. Uh, so game plan wise, how much can you put focus on attacking Jair Brown? And I thought that Steve Wilkes did a great job in that game, putting him in the deep third and protecting him. And then I think in this matchup, uh, this was the opportunity for Philadelphia to find a way to get matchups that favor them against Jair. But I thought Jair Brown is held up. He's showing himself to be a good NFL player. And that's good news for the 49ers, whether he eventually is playing next to Talanoa Fonga or, you know, he's playing with Deshaun Gibson, whatever happens, the 49ers got to feel comfortable that they have a couple of young safeties in Hufanga and Jair Brown uh, that have a lot of potential moving forward. So I really like what they're doing there. And what's up to my guy, Paul? How's it going? Paul's in the chat. Always good to see you there. Uh, Cyrus says the problem with Greenlaw every game is he gets these bonehead penalties. Yeah, he had actually been on a stretch where he hadn't got anything. He had been doing a good job. He had been a good citizen. In fact, on the Ant Hill show, I kind of said to, to Jay Hill, like, hey, maybe maybe they're not going to call anything on him because he's doing such a good job. They're going to start you know, ignoring him a little bit. Well, not so fast. Uh, so he's just right back on it. Oh, what is up to uh, John? How's it going? Says, what's up, Coach Ant? Um, hashtag three, third and Jawan on that TD. That was, that was great. I mean, Jawan had success against them in 2021. And that's why on my game preview show, I said I thought Jawan could have some catches in this game. But he surpassed what I was thinking. Uh, I thought he'd be effective on third down. But that catch, swiping the guy by, getting to the end zone for the touchdown, it was fun, man. That was that was so good to watch. And Ernest says, this was so cathartic. It was. It felt absolutely uh, fantastic. Oh, uh, And then, okay, so thanks so much, Josh. So Josh is going to keep it, keep it uh, 100 for me. It says, Gibson got hurt on the opening kickoff. So there's your reason. Josh coming in clutch. I had thought I seen him on the field. That must have been my mistake. So thanks, Josh, for coming through and clearing it up. I appreciate that. Tommy says four touchdowns for for Glock Purdy. Yeah, let's give a little bit of love to Brock. I mean, I mean, we kind of glazed over Brock Purdy's numbers a little bit, but think of this: he's nineteen of twenty-seven for three hundred and fourteen yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, a quarterback rating of one forty-eight point eight. He had two, he got sacked twice for four yards, and one of those, I mean, he's trying to get away, right? He probably would have been sacked one time. Brock Purdy was absolutely fantastic. I mean, he absolutely fantastic. You look over at Jalen Hurts' numbers, and, and Hurts had a solid game. 26 of 45, 298 yards, one touchdown, sacked three times for 27 yards, and a 85.2 rate rating. Brock Purdy has now got to be in the MVP conversation, right? Like, it's time. It's time for the national media to stop it. Stop with the backwards hat BS. Stop with the Brock Purdy's not a franchise quarterback. Brock Purdy has too many weapons around him. No, Brock Purdy's a really good quarterback, and he's playing really, really well. Jalen Hurts had plenty of talent. He has A.J. Brown, top-flight wide receiver, Devontae Smith, first-round pick, really good wide receiver. Uh, he has really good uh, running backs, DeAndre Swift, Kenneth Gainwell. He has talent around him as well. Maybe the best offensive line in football. But Brock Purdy outshined him today. Brock Purdy went off. He went ham in this game. He was absolutely spectacular. Christian McCaffrey continued to do the things he's supposed to do. But yeah, Brock Purdy 
just handles business. Uh, and that's exactly what's got to, you know, what you want. And you, it's good to see our team getting it done and doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, Brock Purdy's fantastic. And David says the running game opened up once they started running to the left. Yeah. <laughs> Trent Williams is the goat. Uh, that that's, that's exactly correct. They got the run game going and right before they started really getting the run game going, I was watching the game with Warren and my dad and some of the family. And I, I looked over and I said, Hey, they got to start hitting that C gap. They got to get some movement on the edge guy and run the C gap. They ran the C gap and that's exactly what they did. They went to the left-hand side, but you're right. It was just continuously get the run game going, run behind Trent Williams, behind George Kittle, behind Aaron Banks, and then have a runner like Christian McCaffrey that has patience that can change direction in a hiccup. Uh, the vision is on point. It, you're right. Once they established a run game with Christian McCaffrey, then the offense was really able to roll. That was my key matchup in the game was the offense run game being established. And I thought they did a good job. Now, early on in the game, they tried to establish the passing game and have some effectiveness there to loosen it up for the run game. It was not successful in the first two drives, but after a while, it all worked out. Uh, so solid game plan. And you're right. Run game getting going was big. Hugo says, Jair Brown looking like Greenlaw. Laying the wood. And speaking of laying the wood, Diometer Lenore, whoo, what a hit on DeAndre Swift. Was that not absolutely spectacular? Puts his helmet right in it. I mean, his shoulder pad right in his chest. Uh, picture perfect, exactly how you teach it. Take the head out of the, the hit. Just phenomenal. And I thought that that's it. You go ahead and you bring the guys bringing it. Uh, Mr. Corey says, and what's up, Mr. Corey? Welcome. What's up, Brad? Brad says he missed the start. Sorry, Brad. Uh, sorry you missed the start of the show. We've been having a lot of fun just talking 49ers handling business against the Philadelphia Eagles. Overall, just a clean domination. And I like this. Josh is with me. Let's go. Let's start it. Let's get everyone going. Brock Purdy for MVP. I know Kyle Shanahan said Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey is one of the most valuable players in the entire NFL. But he wouldn't win the award because they don't go with anyone but quarterback. It's got to be Brock Purdy. Let's get it done. Uh, Mr. Corey says, how did y'all enjoy that Philly cheesesteak sandwich? It was pretty fun, man. It, it was really fun. Uh, Hugo says, Brock going to get that bag. Eventually, he's going to get paid. And I'm hoping that this season ends with a Super Bowl because that's it. This is this is the piece that, that Kyle Shanahan has been wanting, the quarterback that can extend plays, the quarterback that can operate his offense within the pocket. But when something happens, can make something happen. Brock Purdy is absolutely cool, calm, and collected. He goes through his progressions. He goes through his reads. And he makes accurate throws. Uh, to me, Brock Purdy right now is the best quarterback that Kyle Shannon has ever had in San Francisco. And it, I don't even think it's close at this point. He's just doing so good. Josh says Hurts had a good game in garbage time. I think that is true. He did have a, a, a lot of his yards in garbage time. For the most part, the four years held him in check. I think even though in the first two drives, the Eagles got points on both drives, he was like three of eight at one point. Uh, and most of the yards were on the, the the brown catch and run in that first drive of the game. He really wasn't very effective. Uh, so I like this. Mr. Corey says, Kalia Davis out of witness protection with the sack. Yeah, him and Kinlaw, right? We're getting it done. I was I was huge. Cyrus says Brock's not a franchise quarterback because he wears his hat backwards. LOL. One of the most ridiculous takes I've ever heard in my life. Like the way you wear a hat is going to dictate how you are as a quarterback. 
get out of here. You know what I mean? Next thing you're going to know was only guys who wear bow ties or no, none of that has anything to do with it. It's all up here. It's all physical traits. It's mentality. That's what plays into it. It's crazy thoughts. Uh, Daily says thoughts on our trenches. We know it all starts there. I thought that overall they played pretty good. I know early on in the game, it looked like Philly was having a lot of success with their defensive line, getting pressure on Brock Purdy. But I thought at some point, once the four yards were able to establish a run game and able to get going a little bit, that I thought the offensive line settled in and they played better. I mean, when you're going against a defensive line of this caliber, you expect to still get pressure. But the fact that Brock Purdy was able to use his skills and abilities to help limit the effectiveness of that Philadelphia Eagles pass rush and only two sacks for four yards, I think you got to feel really, really excited about how that offensive line played. They held up against one of the best D lines in the in the entire world. We've seen them do that against Dallas as well. So you got to be optimistic about this line. And I thought they did a good job running the football for 144 yards is also spectacular. And as far as the 49ers D line, they didn't always get home, uh, but they put pressure on Jalen Hurts and they were able to get it done when they needed to get it done. And that's what's important. And I think you can have more success uh, in later games. You got some success going against them this time and we'll see what happens the next time. Uh, Brad says, but how bloody good. Yeah, it was fantastic. The game was just so fun to watch. And what's up to uh, KDR using his membership benefits? Brock Purdy for Tribal Chief, right? You got to put the finger up for the Tribal Chief. Brock Purdy, well done, Caleb. Uh, thanks to KDR for being a member for 26 months. Absolutely spectacular. Really appreciate it. Um, Jay Ellie says that hit caused a fumble that wasn't called. That's interesting. Do you think it was a fumble? I thought it was incomplete, uh, but it, you know, Warren thought it was a fumble on the play as well. So uh, interesting that, that, you know, that you thought that was a fumble as well. Uh, Brad says, apparently Sirianni apologized to Kyle for the security guy after the game. Yeah. I thought I heard that as well. Um, I don't like a lot of Sirianni things, but I'll give him credit for that. I think that is well done uh, by him just to go ahead and throw that out there and, you know, just say, Hey, you know, that's not something we want to happen. And you know what? I mean, I don't know Dom, but I'm guessing he's a good dude, right? I mean, hopefully they don't do anything serious. Let's just, let, let's, let's let this be what it is. Let's get away from it. It was a, it should have been a no, nothing uh, guys got in each other's face. They should have just pulled them off and there should have just been a conversation with these guys about how they shouldn't let that happen. Uh, so yeah. And Jay always says, it's Brock Purdy. Yeah, you know Classic would be loving that right now. Uh, the Brock Purdy call. Um, Mr. Corey says, my boy Chase Young with an almost sack. Almost got him twice on one play. Uh, that was pretty crazy. Brad says, having Clay Davis was a predetermined plan to have as much D-line as possible. They've done a really good job. And, you know, now they had inactive today. They had Robert Beal Jr. sitting there. Uh, so Robert Bill Jr., they still have there for more depth along the defensive line, but it came in clutch because Eric Armstead wasn't healthy enough to play all of his snaps, and you still had a nice rotation uh, to go with. And how about the 49ers also managing their practice squad with wide receivers? So Ray McLeod's inactive. Chris Conley comes in. Uh, just capable bodies available and ready. Uh, John Lynch is just doing a fantastic job building this team whether it's dealing with guys uh, that are on the active 53-man roster or the practice squad, they continue to bring guys in. Uh, so I think it's just been really, really fantastic. 
the way that they've been going around it. Uh, John says, how will Nick Wrong weasel out of this one? I don't know. He'll come up with something. He That's what he does. Uh, Davis says, are you worried about a letdown game? Squawks are on a mini buy too. I don't worry about it because I think the Fournier's have something to play for now. Like the number one seed in the in the playoffs is an actual reality. Like they can attain it. They know that if the Eagles lose to the Cowboys, they're sitting in the catbird seat. Plus, I think a win against Seattle basically all but uh, hymns up the win of the NFC West. So I think there's so much going into it. I don't expect a, late, a letdown game, uh, but you can't throw that out of the picture because week five, the 49ers rolled the Dallas Cowboys and then struggled with Cleveland. So I think it will help that this time it's not a road game they're going to. They're coming home to play the Seahawks. So I think the Seahawks are going to be fired up. They know this is a must win for them. But I do think the 49ers are going to be up to the challenge uh, to go ahead and take them on. Brad says, I reckon if Greenlaw doesn't connect with him, nothing happens. I agree. If he doesn't accidentally graze his cheek, right, nothing happens and they move on. And uh, Mr. Corey says, now Danny Gray has to break free. I don't expect Danny Gray to be active right now. They don't want to lose Ronnie Bell. I mean, Ronnie Bell's out there giving, um, giving guys the business. I mean, uh, Reed Blankenship, not only did he hold Reed Blankenship, let's be honest, but then he gave him the business in the middle of the field. It throws a forearm in the back of his head. I'm like, who is this guy? Uh, he's learning from Jawan Jennings. It was pretty fun to watch. I saw it live. I saw him come away with the, the big play, and I knew it was a hold, but you know what? It, sometimes you just get away with it. So it was pretty interesting to see. Uh, Brad Joe says, to this point in the year, the longest winning streak for all teams is five games. So we beat Seattle. We will lose to the Cardinals. No, I don't like that, Brad. Last year, the 49ers went on a 10-game winning streak. They can do it again. They can win games. They can win out. And that's exactly what I want them to do. Go on a stretch where you beat all the bird teams and then make sure you clean up the end of the season. You're going to have the Commanders on Christmas Eve, and then you have the Rams the week after, which could be for the number one seed. And who knows? The Rams could be playing for their playoff lives. We'll see. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not worried about the 49ers all of a sudden having a letdown because of what's up to Marvin. Uh, Marvin says Niners need to win out. Yeah, 100% agree with that statement. The Niners need to win out. So the 49ers, you know, my key matchup on offense was about them getting that run game going. They did it in a big way. Uh, so bravo to them. I thought that they were very successful. And I thought that, you know, you had to do some things in this game to make sure uh, you had an opportunity. I thought turnovers were going to play a, point, a part in it because the 49ers had a 11 to 2 uh, turnover differential advantage uh, to negative two, by the way. But really, no turnovers in the game. Only a couple of footballs either way that have the opportunity for turnovers. Uh, so they did a good job. I had Christian McCaffrey getting two touchdowns. He only got one. I did have Brock getting no turnovers in my wow, that's bold. So Brock does that. Uh, and then Dre Greenlaw got kicked out, so I couldn't get the Dre Greenlaw INT I was looking for. And so th that didn't happen. And, of course, like I said earlier, 49ers dominated even worse than I thought. So uh, they handled it in a big way. Bravo um, to all of them because they did such a good job. And David says right here, I want to click on this. I'm thankful for all the hard work, Brother Ant. Uh, your takes always cut through the BS and hot takes. I really appreciate that, David. Um, yeah, I, I always enjoy reading David's comments. I really appreciate when you come through. I leave comments, but yeah, no hot takes, just football. That's what I love. I love X's and O's. I love that part of the game. In fact, I mean, most people tell me 
like what Nick Wright and others say because I'm not really aware of it. Uh, so most of the time people tell me Jay Hill's good about getting the hot takes, uh, sending them my way because I don't pay attention to that noise, to be honest. Uh, but I appreciate that so much, David. So it means a lot. Marvin says, do you uh, do not know if anyone pointed this out, but Purdy led the Niners on six straight drives that led to TDs. It's spectacular. And, and Marvin says that's a new Niner record, right? I mean, th these guys are breaking records right now. McCaffrey, most touchdowns from a running back. Uh, he went over 1,000 yards for the first time since Frank Gore. Brock Purdy, like you said, six touchdowns in a row. I didn't know that stat. Thanks, Marvin, for bringing that in. I mean, that's just absolutely fantastic stuff. The Niners are on a roll right now. This offense is spectacular. They got all the firepower they need on offense to be a big-time team, a team of destiny. When you can score like this, you can move the ball consistently, you can be a team of destiny. I think the 49ers can. And then I also believe that on defense, they now have all the pieces they need. Ambry Thomas's emergence is big for the 49ers, but also Chase Young coming in uh, was really huge as well. Mr. Corsi says, I'm looking for a Chase Young sack every game because I traded for him. There you go. Good move. Brad says, I can't wait to see Shady McCoy try to explain that. I don't think he can. Michael says, and I can't believe next Sunday I have to cheer for Dallas. Pray for me. I'm in the same boat. Right Next week, I got to root for the Cowboys against the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't like doing it. I, it's a very rare occurrence. Uh, usually, when it comes to situations like that, I just root for both teams to tie. Uh, and you know, for them to go to like triple over, or I mean overtime and let it all the time run out. Um, but yeah, I, I think that uh, we'll root for the Cowboys next week and hope it benefits the 49ers. Uh, Marvin says, uh, 89 Montana did it five straight. Whew, that's a good one. And uh, JL says, talk about Ambry Thomas, Ant. It, it's so different than last year, right? I wonder how much of this is the Steve Wilkes effect. Uh, Steve Wilkes talked about Ambry Thomas all the way at minicamp, about how he was excited about the improvements. Now, I got to give credit to Ambry Thomas for coming in. His body's different. He's way more uh, physical. He looks different. He looks more locked in mentally. So you give credit to Ambry Thomas for doing the work in the offseason. But then you give credit to uh, Coach Daniel Bullocks and you give credit to Steve Wilkes for making sure they get Ambry Thomas where he is now. He is driving on the football better. He's in the right positions. He's battling. He's not pulling. Uh, it's a lot different. Traverius Ward and Ambry Thomas are now battling, not pulling on players. They used to pull on players and get penalties. But, yeah, you're right. Ambry Thomas, huge for the 49ers. He has been absolutely big. They would not be the defense they are right now if Ambry Thomas wouldn't have stepped up and allowed Diameter Lenore to move in. Hugo G says, ITCC, Victory Monday. It is. Peace, fam. Have a good one, Hugo G. Checking out. <laughs> Marvin says, can't root for Dallas blasphemy. Yeah, it's really tough, right? It is really, really tough. And that's exactly what goes on. Just like a silent count in football, we'll do a silent cheer for Dallas. That's exactly right, Mr. Corey. That's what you have to do. You have to make sure that you do that. And uh, Marvin says the coverage in the secondary was awesome today and said Hertz had a lot of time to pass and was very or very uh, not very successful. Yeah, they made sure they kind of locked them up with a max-type coverage, and sometimes Philly went with a max protect. They had less receivers out there for the four yards to cover. Well, the four yards were blanketing people. Uh, they were sticking right on receivers and making it real difficult for Jalen Hurts. So he had a, more time than I would like, uh, but the game plan for Steve Wilkes 
really, really worked. Um, Marvin, Marvin's going to root for Philly. <laughs> but Brad Jones says, you notice first series of the game, Gibson came off for a few snaps because he got uh, a knock and they put in Oliver at safety. Yeah, that's what Josh was bringing up earlier. Uh, he's talked about uh, that. He, I guess he rolled his ankle. And so Tashawn Gibson was out for a few plays on the first series. And then he came back and Oliver played safety. So that gives the 49ers flexibility to keep the amount of uh, corners that they were going to keep on the rosters by being able to play Isaiah Oliver at corner and then also at safety. I think it's a solid move for them. And I'm curious to see the film, to see those plays that he did play, how he did. Davis is the Cardinals game coming up. Looks like it will be a little tougher. Yeah, anytime you add, uh, you know, the quarterback uh, like that, that you're going to have better play. I mean, they just didn't have a solid quarterback. Uh, now they got a guy that can run around and make something happen. So, yeah, potentially that could be a little bit tougher game. But I don't think you take any game for granted anymore. You just have to make sure you go in and win every single matchup uh, that you're faced with because you have no room for error. You need to make sure you win those games. And I think the 49ers will be up for the challenge. We'll see, though. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks, everyone, for watching. I hope you guys will like and subscribe if you haven't already. If you're listening to the audio platform, 40 Hours Cutback on Believe, please give it a five-star rating. 49ers with a big win over the Philadelphia Eagles, 42-19. to Lots of stuff coming out this week. I hope you guys will come by the channel all throughout the week for more content. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, this episode was brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. Catch you guys in the next one. Until then, stay safe. And remember, the right way is always the 49ers way. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.